0: Welcome to the Faith Heights Church audio podcast. We pray that this message will bless you and feed your faith as you listen in today. Well, so today I'm a little excited because this has actually been stirring up in me for a couple of weeks and you know, it's been a crazy couple of weeks. I was thinking about it and I've seen things on social media too that says, if you could have told your January self where we'd be today... we probably would have said, you're crazy, right? The fact that we're living in the times that we're living in, the fact that I can't go to the mall and buy clothes, um, or I can't go to Hobby Lobby right now and shop for spring home decor. Uh, it's crazy. And if you would have told me in January that this would be happening, I would have thought you were crazy. And um, But the fact of the matter is this is the times that we're living in. This is the days that we're living in. And I've done a lot of... Um, introspecting of my life kind of to see where I'm at, Um, I'm kind of gauging where I'm at in times like this and I think it's important for all of us to do this because you know it's easy when life's normal although I don't think we know what normal is anymore I think we've all found out that nothing is normal anymore Uh, but when we look back to the past few years um, it's easy to see the surface or the outward of of our life and how we respond to things and to people but you know when something like this happens I feel like it's really important for us to kind of dig inside and kind of look on the inside of us and say how am I really responding in times like this and um, so I've been doing that for myself and I'm happy with some of my responses and I haven't been happy with some of my other responses and um, and there's reasons for that and so in the midst of all of this I've kind of just been like okay Lord you know what are things that I need to fix on the inside of me so that my response is getting better um, over time not getting worse um, as this continues to prolong um, the fact that I still can't go to the stores you know am I still responding the way I did when this first started and so response is a big issue and that's kind of what I'm going to talk about today Uh, there's that saying where um what's in you when the pressure comes and when you're squeezed what's in you comes out and I think we're all experiencing that to some degree or another Whether we like it or not, we've all had a pressure come our way. Um, And I saw um, someone posted this yesterday on Facebook and it was so good and I want to say it real quick. Um, We are all kind of in the same waters, but I will say we're not all in the same boat. Some people are like, well we're all in the same boat. You know what, the fact of the matter is we're not. Um, because some people have been affected by this financially more than others. Some people have been affected by this physically more than others. Um, some people have been affected by this emotionally more than others. In fact, I heard that the suicide hotline right now is skyrocketing um, because people are being affected by this emotionally. And so, we're all experiencing this pressure, but what we're finding out is what, as this pressure is squeezing us, there's things on the inside of us and they're coming out. And some of us may be happy with what we've seen come out, and some of us may not be happy with what we've seen come out. Um, and so what I want to talk about today is our response. And when I'm talking about our response, I'm talking about two things. I'm talking about your response and I'm talking about the church's response in times like this. So there's a word that I keep hearing and, um, I've been hearing it and, you know, I've heard celebrities say, it, I've heard politicians say it. Um, I just keep hearing this word and it's, we're living in unprecedented times. Um, That's kind of like a hot word right now. I keep hearing it over and over again. And um, the last time I heard someone say it, I just... it kind of rubbed me the wrong way a little bit. And not to say that we're not living in unprecedented times, but I think what we tend to forget, and I think especially in America, and our culture, things that we tend to forget, is this type of thing happening is nothing new to mankind. This is nothing new to the world. The world has experienced things like this in the past. The world has experienced worse things than this in the past. However, in our lifetime, maybe we haven't seen something quite like this. But again, so what I think is unprecedented, I'm going to be really honest with you. I don't think it's the virus that's so unprecedented. I believe it's people's response to this virus, which is unprecedented. We've seen things like this in the past. We've seen things similar to this in our lifetime, and the response was different. But people's response this time is unprecedented. Who would have thought that we would be living the life that we're living today? And I'm not going to get political today or anything like that. You all got the Holy Ghost. You can be led in these things. But people's response to this virus is unprecedented. And it's shocking to see people's response to this. And so what I want to talk about today is our response, because you know what, I can't control everyone else's response. I can't control the media's response to this. I can't control politicians' response to this. I can pray over those things. But when it comes down to it, I'm in control of my response to COVID-19. I'm responsible for my response. And I believe the church is responsible for their response in times like this, too. And I want to see the church, Faith Heights Church, the church as a whole across this world have a response to this. And so this is me today. If you've seen our president during some of his briefings, if you've seen uh, different media outlets, every, every day we're seeing what's the current response to COVID-19. Well, I want to tell you what our response is to COVID-19. And that is victory. That's right. That is freedom from fear. That is health and wholeness. That is protection. That is our response. And I feel like the church needs to get a little bit bolder in our response. We need to get a little bit louder in our response because the fact of the matter is, is it is time for the church to say, this is our take of this. This is our response of this. We're not denying nothing. We're not shoving anything under the rug. We're coming out with boldness and saying, this is our response. And so what I want to see be unprecedented in these times is I want to see the church be unprecedented in their boldness and in their declaration of victory over this virus and victory over our finances, victory over the economy, victory, victory, victory. That is our response. And so I've got a story for you. When all of this first started happening, that first week when all the toilet paper was off the shelves, if you still ask me to this day, I still don't understand why that happened. I don't, my mind can't comprehend it. But the fact of the matter is it happened. People responded to something that told them, get the toilet paper. Toilet paper was gone before food was gone. Again, I don't understand why that happened, but it goes to show you response is a big deal. That's what's unprecedented, people's response to what's going on in our world today. And so when that happened, my husband and I, we went to the grocery store, and this is before the stay-at-home orders and before all this stuff, this is that first week, you all remember, it was just a couple weeks ago. And we went to the store, and the store that we went to had just gotten a truckload of toilet paper. That's all they got was just toilet paper. And so they had it everywhere, not just in the toilet paper aisle, they had it at the front door, they had it by the register stands. And as people are leaving the store, they're having, this was before they put limits on how many you could buy. I'm not joking, people had six, seven, eight, a whole cart of just toilet paper. And my husband's and mine response to that was, why? Why? Um, Now you got to understand, first of all, my husband and I, we don't watch the news and the media um, very much, hardly at all. So I didn't even know that that was a thing. Like, again, my brain wasn't comprehending why. Um, But, so we're walking around and our our response is just like, why? And can I be honest with you guys? Even if I needed the toilet paper, the only toilet paper that was there was not the good brand. And I am picky about my toilet paper. I was not going to buy 10 packages of this brand of toilet paper because I did not want to use that for the next six months of my life. So, but this is what people were doing. This is how they were responding to what was going on in the world. And so we left there and, and we had toilet paper. We were fine. We're not one of those that, you know, wait till the last roll before we go get more. We were fine. And uh, so we left the grocery store, and that was it. However, two weeks later, uh, the food started going, right? And the the produce and the the boxes and the cans started disappearing. And again, I wasn't, like, freaking out, but when you go to the grocery store to get yourself bananas, because you eat bananas every day, and they don't have it at one grocery store, and you have to go to another grocery store across town just to see if they have bananas, my response started changing a little bit by that time the next day all of a sudden I'm talking to my husband like I think we need to get some food and so we go to Sam's and of course Sam's was out of pretty much everything but bulk items and so in our craziness we decided (laughs) to buy a can of beans that's this big the kind the grocery stores buy (laughs) and a can of corn that big and so we get it and we get some other things too we didn't just get that but We go home, and all of a sudden it's like, I see these big cans that, what on earth are we going to do with these cans? Um, Sitting in my pantry, and I'm like, why did I respond that way? What changed from when it happened the first week to two weeks later? All of a sudden my response in the store became different. And I wasn't happy with myself that I responded that way. And um, so it goes to show you that. As things change, as time goes on, our responses can vary from time to time. And it all goes back to, what are you listening to? That week, I was listening to too much of the media. I was listening to too much of the reports. That's when all the reports were starting to come out. I was getting on Mesa County Health's website every day, checking the numbers. I was going on the CDC's website, checking the numbers. I was doing that stuff, and guess what it was doing? It was starting to change my response and so as Christians as believers where is our response coming from now I want to tell you today if you've responded in fear you can change that if you maybe started out in faith but you found yourself now as the economy is not looking that great or now you've gone three to four weeks without work maybe you're finding your response wanting to change a little bit and I'm here to tell you today that our response is the same as it should have been the very first day and that is victory 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 so What I've learned in this time frame is that that response of victory, though we may know it, it may not happen because it's not automatic. That response of, woo, we win, it's not automatic just because we're saved. And so we need to figure out what we need to put on the inside of us so that that is the response that we have for this world. So that is the response that we have for our kids. Parents, I want to tell you right now, your kids should not have an ounce of fear in them about this they shouldn't be feeling any of the effects of this in the sense of worry and anxiety why because they're at home with you you have the opportunity right now to to control or shelter i should say them from The lies from the fear, from the anxiety, your home, your atmosphere. Nikki said it during worship. It should be so full of the love of Jesus. It should be so full of faith right now that your kids shouldn't be getting anxious about the times that they're living in. They should be excited about the times they're living in. But it's going to come from you, parents. What are you putting into your kids right now? They're not going to schools right now. They're not hearing from their friends. Anything that they're getting right now is coming from your home. So what's in your home right now? You need to make sure your response right now in your homes is one of victory, is one of peace. You should be getting excited about the days we're living in because the days are bright for the church. We are in our finest hour. So let's get our response where it needs to be. So maybe you're watching right now and you say, so far I've been doing pretty good. Awesome. Keep it up. Maybe you're watching and saying, I've had some bad days. I've let fear get in. I've let anxiety get in. Well, we can change that, and I'm going to show you how. So turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6. That was probably my longest introduction I've ever done in my life. But I needed to get that out because now we're going to get to to the good stuff. So Matthew chapter 6. This response of victory, this response of peace, this response of boldness, it's not automatic. I wish it was, but the fact of the matter is, is we have a soul, we have a mind and will and emotions, and we have a flesh. And it goes back to what are you feeding it? What are you feeding your mind? What are you feeding your emotions right now? What we need to be doing is we need to be feeding on the word of God. And so how do we get to this place of responding from faith, from boldness, from assurity, so there's a song right now on Christian Radio. It's been out for a couple months, and I have wanted to introduce this song when uh, we were all together and things have changed. There's actually like five songs. You get ready, church family, because when we're all back together, we're going to be doing some new songs, because there's a lot of good songs out there that we haven't been able to introduce to you yet. One of them is called Famous For, and if you listen to Christian Radio, it's, it's on there. It's a fantastic song. It is one of my jams right now, Famous For. And it's talking about what is God famous for doing? And this is what I want to talk about today, because how do we change our response from being one of fear to one of faith? We got to remind ourselves, what is he famous for? What has God done in the past? You know, we look at our Bibles, and I tell the youth this all the time, um, but, you know, when you're reading those those stories in the Old Testament, they're not just stories. They're real life happening. These things happened on our earth. They happened. These miracles, these signs and wonders, they actually took place. God took care of his children, the Israelites, time and time again. So parents, you need to be, when you're reading these stories, make sure you're not reading them like you would read another story. These are real-life happenings. I think Hollywood has done a disservice to the Word of God because they have had some movies come out that the premise is based, quote-unquote, off of the Bible, but they throw stuff in there that's not scriptural. They throw stuff in there to make it more fantasy, more like the other, you know, like the Lord of the Rings or the other type of fantasy type things. No, these really happened. These stories happened. We need to remind ourselves, what is God famous for doing for his his children? What he did for the Israelites, he'll do for us. What he did for the multitudes that were around Jesus, he will do for us. We've got to remind ourselves what he is. So Matthew chapter six, there are is four things that I want to talk about that he is famous for doing. Number one, he is famous for being a provider. He is famous for being a provider. There's a scripture that says, never have I seen the righteous forsaken or his children begging bread. Never. You do not see it in the word of God. Some people may say, well, I've seen so-and-so. You know experience hunger or so-and-so experience this i don't base my experiences off of other people's experiences i don't base my belief in the word of god off of what someone else experienced if the word of god says never have i seen the righteous forsaken or his children begging bread guess what i'm going with what the word of god says that's what i have to base my life and my belief on i can't base it on what other people may or may not have experienced whether or not it may have looked like the word worked for them or not nope i base it off of what the word of god says This is everything to me. And so if it says that never have I seen this righteous forsaken or his children begging bread, I'm going to believe he's a provider. He's going to do this for me and my family. So here in Matthew chapter 6, we're going to start in verse 25. And it says, therefore I say to you, do not worry. Everyone just say that right now. Do not worry. Put it in the chat. Do not worry about your life. What you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on, is not life more than food and the body more than clothing. Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. And you are you not of more value than they? So right now, with everything that's going on in the earth, are the birds suffering? They're not. So guess what? You as a child of God should not be suffering. Are the birds worried about where they're going to get their next meal? They're not. So guess what? You're more valuable than the birds. So you should not be worrying about where your next meal is going to come from. Keep reading. It says, Which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now, if God clothes the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? My husband and I yesterday, we went to a nursery here in town and we were looking at plants and shrubs. And guess what? They're still blooming. They haven't stopped blooming. So if God's taking care of that, why won't he take care of you? This we gotta get this has to be real to us. This is how our response becomes one of victory because we believe the words in this book. Keep reading. It says Um, In verse 32, For after all these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these things. But, here's the catch, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. So what that's saying is, don't worry about tomorrow. If you've got zero in your bank account right now, don't worry about it. Don't worry about how the bill that's due tomorrow is going to happen. Your Father is a provider. That is what he does. That is who he is. We are in covenant, you guys, with our Heavenly Father. That covenant is still strong to this day. It started back in Genesis, and it is still just as strong today as it was back in the days of Abraham. And so we need to remember our Father God is in covenant with us and he is our provider. So I have a couple of scriptures. I'm going to go through these kind of fast. So if you are taking notes, just write down um, what they are. They're going to try to get them up on the screen as fast as they can. But I'm just going to go through a couple more scriptures that talk about God being our provider. So the next one, Philippians 4:19 says, "And my God shall supply all your need according to the economy and where COVID-19 is at." Nope. My God will supply all your needs according to His economy. And guess what? He's never experienced a recession or a depression. His economy is booming right now. It is full of life. You have no need or worry to concern yourself with because it is according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. He's going to supply your needs. He's going to supply it. But you have to believe that. You have to believe what the Word of God says. Psalms 23. Oh my goodness. The Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. That word want means lack. He is your shepherd. He is your provider. You shall not want. You shall not lack. You shall not be without if you believe that he is your shepherd. If you are living your life under the fold, under him as your shepherd, you shall not be in want. It says he makes me to lie down in the famine. No. In green pastures where there's flourishing happening. It's not, it's not, oh, what's going on around us? No, they're green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, so will there be types of death around us? Yes. But I will fear no evil. Why? Because my provider is with me. His rod and his staff, they comfort me in those times. The Lord should be your comfort right now. He should be the one filling you up with that peace that passes all understanding. Verse 5 says, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies, which can include COVID-19. You anoint my head with oil, my cup, cup runs over. So in the presence of all the stuff that's happening, we can sit at a table and feast on the goodness of the Lord, feast on the, his provision, feast on his protection, feast on the abundance that he supplies us with. It says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. He's a provider. This is forever. This is not, you know, just when things look good on the outside. No, this is all the time. All the time, he is our provider. Psalms 84:11. it says, For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory, and he will withhold nothing good. All the good that you need, it is yours. For no good thing he will withhold for those who walk uprightly. So in my Bible, thing is italicized, which means they added that in there. So I could read it this way. No good will he withhold. No good. All the good you need, whether it's a thing or not it's not withheld to you. It is for you as a child of God, for those who walk uprightly. Amen. So he's your provider. These are just a couple scriptures. What is he famous for? He is famous for providing for his kids. Look through the scriptures. You will always see that he provided for his children. He always provided. Always, always, always. They were never in want. They were never in lack. Why would we think because of the days we live in, it would be any different? He is our provider. All right, the second thing that he is famous for, and this gets me excited. I'm already excited, but this gets me really excited. He is famous for doing the impossible. Since when did we start living life thinking that we have to look at things only from a natural standpoint? He is famous for doing impossible things. So there's a lot of things right now that look impossible in this country and in this world. He is famous for flipping that upside down and making things possible. Making things happen where it doesn't look like it's able to happen. Making bodies be healed when it looks like that they're going down. Making your finances prosper when it looks like there's absolutely no way in the economy that it can happen. He is famous for doing these things. So I could have gone to all the scriptures. We don't got time for that. You're going to have to do this on your own. Do it with your kids. But go through the Old Testament and read the stories. That happened where we see God doing the impossible for his people. The absolute impossible for his people. I'm just going to name some of the stories because they're so good. So the Israelites, read it all. I mean, from the time they were in bondage in Egypt to when they get out. I mean, look at what God did for them time and time and time again. He provided for them when they needed food. Manna and quail fell from the sky for them. They needed water, guess what? He hit a rock and water sprung from the rock. When they needed light to travel, he gave them a fire by night, he gave them a cloud by day. God did amazing exploits for his children to show them that he was their God. Why do we expect any less in the days we're living in? Especially when the scriptures say that we should be ready for even greater things, expecting even greater things to happen in our time frame. We're living in the time of the latter rain. So why would we think that less of these things would take place in our life? So you just look at what he did for the Israelites. Look at the stories of David and Goliath. Look at all these stories. Think about the times when the armies were trying to come against Israel, and God made crazy things happen within the enemy's armies where they turned on each other, and all these things happened. Those things can happen today. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is famous for doing the impossible. The walls of Jericho. That was an impossible thing, but guess what, they fell because he's the God of the impossible. One of my favorite stories that I wanted to bring out right now is the widow who her and her son were about ready to die. There was famine in the land, there was no money, and they had a little bit left. They had enough just for them, and the prophet came, and by the word of the Lord, he said, you know, serve me some too, and by them doing that, by them putting the Lord first in that, they were spared from the famine. Every time they went to their jars, guess what? The oil was there. The food that they needed was there. If you have no money, you expect your pantries to stay full. That every time you pour that box of cereal, cereal is going to come out of that, po- that box. Every time you open your fridge, there's going to be meat in there. And you say, I don't, know. he's the God of the impossible. Why not? If he did it for them, why wouldn't he do it for us? This is our response to times of crisis. This is our response in times that may seem unprecedented to this world. We have a confidence and a surety saying, my God is a supplier. He is a provider. He will take care of me. If the money's not in the bank account, well, the food will still be on the table. Why? Because that's what he's famous for doing. But we've got to believe it, you guys. We can't just read these stories and think they were good stories for back in the day. No, he wants to do these things for us. But we've got to believe that they're possible. We have to believe these things. So another story is Daniel in the lion's den. That was an impossible thing. He should have died, and he didn't. He was spared from that. God will spare you from whatever evil may try to befall you. He will spare you from those things, but you've got to look to him. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were thrown into fire, and they were saved. They came out with not even the hint of smoke on them. You guys, you can come out of this time of your life without even the hint of smoke on you without even the hint of defeat on you. We can come out stronger than when we started. And in fact, I believe the church should be coming out of this stronger than we were before the world entered into this season. I believe that it is our time to rise up and our time to shine like never before, to be the salt of the earth, to do the great exploits that God's called us to do. And we're only going to do that if our response is based out of this right here, the word of God. There's so many stories in the New Testament, Jesus feeding the multitudes. You know, he didn't have much to feed all those people with. But guess what? The people were fed and they had 12 baskets left over. Why? Because he's the God of the impossible. You can come out of this with more in your bank account than when this all started. You can. You got I believe these things. you got to believe this. And then all, all of the accounts of Jesus healing people. You know, this virus, any disease, any plague that tries to come on this earth, we should not fear any of it. We should not be afraid of these things. In fact, in our household, regularly, we have said this out loud, and I believe that it's true. If that disease, if that virus touches me, comes in contact with me, if I breathe it in, it dies instantly. It dies. Why? Because I know my covenant rights, because I'm redeemed from COVID-19. I'm redeemed from these things. We've got to have this kind of faith. We have got to have this kind of response, you guys. It is the church's time to show what our responses in times like this. And that is a time of fear not. That is a time of we've got the answer. We know the truth from the Word of God. Amen. So many things about him doing the impossible. It's all over the book from Genesis to Revelations. Constantly, he was doing impossible things in this earth. The third thing that we need to remember he's famous for. Is restoration, restoring. So turn to Joel chapter 2. Joel chapter 2. I got really excited yesterday um, in our office when I was studying this because I just had my mind blown just a little bit in Joel chapter 2. So why am I talking about restoring being something to remind ourselves that he's famous for? Because some of us need some restoration. Some of us in this church I know aren't working right now. You want the Lord to restore the things that you've lost. The time and the money that you've lost this last year, do you know that you can claim restoration of those things? You can. You can believe that you're going to come out better than you were before this all started. But you got to believe it and you got to see the Lord as someone who will restore those things to you. Joel chapter 2 and verse 25. And actually I need to turn to this in my Bible because I got really excited about something. Um when I was reading this. Okay, Joel 2.25 says, So I will what? Restore. Yes. I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten. I'm going to say this to you. He will restore to you the weeks or the months that COVID-19 came into your life. He will restore it to you. He says he will do it. He says he will restore the swarming locust has eaten, the crawling locust, the consuming locust, and the chewing locust. So I don't care what kind of locust you have in your life right now, he's going to restore it all to you. If it maybe hit your body, if it hit your finances, maybe it's hitting your relationships with your spouse or with your kids. I, I saw on um, a post today, that or on yesterday, that uh, marriages right now, divorce rates, they're higher now than they have been. That's not okay. That's not okay. He can restore these things to you, you guys. He can restore this to you. Says um, in verse 26, you shall eat plenty and be satisfied. That's restoration. If right now you're not eating plenty and you're not satisfied in your bank accounts and in your homes, he can restore that to you you got to believe that. You shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God who has dealt wondrously with you, and my people shall never be put to shame. Then you shall know that I am in the midst of Israel. I am the Lord your God. There is no other. My people shall never be put to shame. Our response right now should be this. He is our God. We are not put to shame in this time. So get this. This is where my mind just kind of went, whoa. Okay, what's the next verse? Whatever it's talking about, this restoration, what's next? And it shall come to pass after this, that I will pour my spirit out on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. Do you guys understand? We're living in, we quote this, that we're living in these days. So we need to believe that the restoration is coming to us so that we can see these things happen in that great day revival that I believe we're living in. Amen? It's exciting. Restoration comes, and after that, it's going to come to pass. Right after that restoration, what? His Spirit's going to be poured out on all flesh. And we're seeing that. But we got to believe for that restoration to happen. Amen? Ooh. Praise the Lord. That got me really, really excited. All right. The fourth thing, because I don't want to keep you guys too long. You can tell this has been stirring up in me for a while. The fourth thing that we need to remind ourselves that he is famous for is his faithfulness. You guys, he is faithful. When everything else seems topsy-turvy, when everything else seems like everything's just crazy in this world, when chaos is abounding, we can have confidence in the fact that my God is faithful to me. So just a couple scriptures here. Again, I'm going to go through these a little quickly. Second Thessalonians 3, 3 says, but the Lord is faithful who will establish you and guard you from the evil one. He is faithful to establish you and to guard you from the evil one. He is faithful to do it. you got to believe that, you guys. Um, Let's see. Lamentations 3, 22 and 23 says, Through the Lord's mercies we are not consumed, because His compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Every day He is for us, which means we're not going to be consumed. Every day, His faithfulness abounds in our life, but we gotta believe it, you guys. This needs to be our response, He is faithful. When it looks crazy in the world, when our bank accounts look like they're running dry, when there's stuff happening in our relationships, when the kids are out of control, He is faithful, and every day, His mercies are new. Every day, we can wake up and say, I will not be consumed by whatever comes my way today, because the Lord is faithful. He is compassionate towards me. He wants you to succeed. He wants you to be victorious in this time. You got to believe it. And Psalms 119, verse 90, it says, You are in faithfulness, it endures to all generations. I just want to say that. He was faithful back for the Israelites, He was faithful in the times when they were even in captivity. He was faithful in the times um, in the Gospels when things were happening. He was faithful to the early church when there was persecution. He has been faithful throughout all generations, and he is still faithful today. Right now, he is still faithful to us. Amen? So what does all of this mean? All of this means, I've said all of this to go back to what I was talking about at the very beginning, and that is your response needs to be one based off of what we've just read here in the scriptures. Your response needs to be one based on, he's my provider. I will not want or lack any good thing. He is my provider. He is famous for doing the impossible. He shut mouths of lions. He caused the um, Shadrach, Meshach, and ben to come out of that fiery furnace when others died throwing them in there. He is the God of the impossible. He fed multitudes of people with just a little bit of fish and a little bit of bread. And he fed thousands of people. And he did it more than once, too. Read that in the scriptures. He was constantly healing the sick. He was constantly doing great and mighty things. And why on earth would we think that that was for then? It's for today, too. But we've got to believe it. So it's time. I said that word, that unprecedented, right? That we're living in unprecedented times. Well, you know what I want to say? I want it to be reported in the history books that what was unprecedented at this time was the revival of the church. Was that the church rose up and that they took their place and they got excited about the word of God and they would say, none of these things move me. Our response is, I am not moved by what I see. I am only moved by the word of God. It is time for it to start with you. You know, everyone always says they wanna live in the day of revival. Well, I have to tell you guys, revival does not start in this building. It starts in your heart and in your homes and then you bring it here and then it gets on everyone here and then we take it to this world. You cannot just sit back and think, oh, God's the God who's gonna start this revival. No, it's gonna start with us and we can start it whenever we want to start it. We've got to believe that we are living in the days that the scriptures talked about that says that we are living in the time of the latter rain, that we are living in the days where we're gonna see greater exploits, greater things than ever before. So get excited about what we've been shown from the Old Testament and from the New Testament. Get excited about those things and say, I'm going to live in the day and age that's going to be recorded in history as that great last revival. You know, there's a scripture in Hebrews that says, we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. Well, if you read the chapter before in Hebrews 11, it's talk—it's the faith chapter that talks about all the things that people did in faith. And it, then it says, and so we're surrounded by that great cloud of witnesses of all those people who did those things by faith. And do you know what they're doing right now? They're looking down saying, man, I wish I could live in those days. They see the days we're living in and think, wow, if they could... We are so close, you guys, to seeing that revival, to seeing the fire of God spread through our country, through this world. People are so ripe right now. The harvest is ready, you guys. We've got to stop responding like the world's responding to this. we got to stop looking at the numbers. we got to stop looking at the reports, and we need to decide to believe this report. There was a song when I was growing up. Whose report will you believe? We shall believe what? The report that's on the news? No. The report that's coming from the politicians, no. The reports of what I'm seeing on social media, no. This is the only report that I'm going to believe. This is the only report. You know what? Numbers are numbers and every day the numbers are changing. I don't believe all the numbers. But you know what? I don't need to believe the numbers, because I believe this. And this is bigger than the numbers. This is greater than the economy. This is greater than the stock market. This is greater than what's happening in the hospitals around town. I'm so thankful that things are getting better, that we're seeing that things aren't as bad as was predicted. I'm so thankful for that. I believe it's the prayers of the church at work in those areas. But at the end of the day, this is my report that I'm going to believe. A thousand may fall at my side. Ten thousand may fall at my right hand. But you know what I believe? It won't come near me no plague comes near my dwelling i don't fear these things why because this is the report that i believe we all as a church need to grab a hold of this and say this is the report that i believe we need to remember this so let's not be conformed to this world's way of thinking um we may look different that's okay We may look crazy, that's okay. Guess what, the word of God even told us that people would think that of us as well. But what I'm gonna tell you is that the days are here where we need to stand up and we need to be the church. And we do not respond to crisis, we do not respond to bad reports like everyone else is responding. We respond based off of the word of God. Amen. So the good news about all of this is that if your response has been one of fear, if it's been one of anxiousness and worriedness, you can change it. Just like my husband and I had a response one time we went to the grocery store and then we had a different response. You can change your response. Maybe you're not happy with how you've responded to things. Maybe you've allowed the numbers to affect you. Maybe you've allowed the reports to affect you or the politicians to affect you. Well, I'm here to tell you, you can change that. How? By remembering what he's famous for. By reading this more than you're watching the news. By reading this more than you're on social media. I've been convicted of that lately. This is a time when I need to be in this more than I am on social media. And you know, every Sunday my phone, if you're an iPhone user, I don't know if yours does it on Sunday, but every Sunday my phone tells me my screen time, how much time I've spent um, on my phone. And you know what? I don't like seeing when it's been hours on this, and I know I have not spent hours in this. It's time, church. It's time for us to get into the word. It's time for us to pray like never before. And so if you're watching right now, or you're in this room right now, myself included, it's time for us to shift our response. Um, And if our response has been good, then guess what? It's time for us to get bolder in our response. I think it's time for the church to be flooding more of what the Word of God says than more of what reports are saying right now. And I know there's some people who believe these reports, and some people believe these reports, and some people are focusing so much on this. You know, even the the things that's important for us to focus on, uh, do you know this is still more important? This is still more important. And if you're not in this more than what you are reading the articles about where the politicians are at or where the virus is at or where it originated or how it originated and all those things and we all have opinions on that that's great and fine this is still more important this is still more important so when you're squeezed what's going to come out of you it needs to be the word of god This should be the only thing that comes out of you when times of pressure come. It should be the only thing that's coming out of you when those pressures come in from the world. Your kids should be seeing this come out of you, not fear, not anxiousness, not worry. You guys, we are living in unprecedented times and the fact that our response could be what ignites revival in America. Our response could be what changes things in this valley. Our response could be what changes the suicide rate in Grand Junction, Colorado. Our response is going to be able to change things. But how are we responding? Are we responding like everyone else? Are we responding like the world? Or are we going to start responding from the word of God? Amen? So I want to end doing two things. The first thing I want to do is I just want to pray for you guys. Because I know myself included, I feel anxious. Do you know what I had to do? I had to get off social media for a couple days because it was starting to affect me. And I believe that there's a lot of you watching. Maybe the virus didn't affect you. Maybe you were you were strong during those times, but maybe now the lack of income is starting to affect you. Maybe your response is changing. I'm going to pray for you guys and I'm going to pray that you would see him the way you should see him. See him doing the impossible in your life. See him being your provider. See his faithfulness to you. So I'm going to pray for that. And then I'm going to pray for anyone in here. Maybe you don't know that he's a provider. Maybe you don't know God at all. Maybe you're watching this for the first time and you're saying, I am full of fear and I don't want to be, but I don't know how to change that. Guess what? God can change that for you. He can Be your Lord. He can be your Savior. He can be your Father. And so we're going to pray for you as well. So, the first thing that I want to do, and if you're in your homes, bow your heads right now. Close your eyes. Put the phone down, unless you're watching on the phone. But even then, put it down. Close your eyes. You don't need to be watching me right now. Right now, what I want you to do is I want to put your focus on the Creator of the universe. So, right now, you are our Father. You are our Provider. You are our Restorer. You are faithful. And right now, we put aside anything that we've been looking at that is not of you, that's not from you, and we look to you right now. We thank you, Lord, that you have given us example after example out of the Word of God of what you're famous for doing. It is your desire to provide for us. It is your extreme pleasure to make sure that we are t- even in times of famine, even in times of crisis, even in times of plagues. You are our provider, you are our healer, you are a restorer, and you are our protector. And we thank you for it, Father God. I thank you, Lord, that right now, if there is anyone listening under the sound of my voice who is not happy with how they've responded in the past few weeks. Lord, I thank you that right now we can change that, that you can change us on the inside, that we can grow stronger in you, Lord, that we can have a better relationship with you now than we've ever had before in our lives. I thank you, Lord, that you are drawing us closer to you in this time, that you are saying, I'm here, I've got you, don't worry about a thing, don't worry about what tomorrow's gonna bring. I've got you today and I'm gonna have you tomorrow, I'm gonna have you a month from now and a year from now. I thank you, Lord, that we are in your hands. We place ourselves in your care. We place ourselves in your protection, Father God. And I thank you that from this point forward, Our response can be one of victory our response can be one of faith our response can be one of we are not moved by what we see father god if things get really bad in the next week or two worse than anyone could have thought We place our trust in you. We will not be worried about what the future holds because you hold us in your hands. We thank you for that, Father God. We will not be moved by media. We will not be moved by politicians. We will not be moved by numbers. We will not be moved by economy. We will not be moved, Father God. You are our source of supply, our abundant supplier. Everything that we need is found in you. And I thank you for that, Father God. I thank you, Lord, that today we can make changes in our lives, Father God, that can spark revival in our homes, can spark revival in our valley, Father God. I thank you for that. I thank you. You've given us everything that we need to be victorious in this life. And so we look to you in full assurance and confidence that you have us that you're not letting us go. If you've got to do miracles in our homes, Father God, for us to be fed, you will do it. If you've got to do miracles um, on the job so that we can keep getting a paycheck, you will do it, Father God. You will take care of us. And I thank you for it, Lord. We give you all the praise and all the glory. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more information about this ministry, visit faithheights.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. To sow into this ministry, visit faithheights.org and click on the donate tab.